I'm Leah Thompson, and you're listening to Movie Dumpster. Hey, what's up? Welcome to Season 2, Episode 12 of Movie Dumpster. Today we're talking Howard the Duck from 1986, directed by Willard Hoyek. I'm Joel Scola. I'm Sean O'Rourke. I'm Connor Quackfoo McGraw. Welcome to the dumpster. Why are you so pissed off? Why? Listen, if you got blasted millions of miles through space, ended up on another planet, and were given an IQ test by a janitor, you'd be a little pissed off too. We don't deserve the Avengers. This movie sucks. This is our end game. This is our Avengers end game. Yeah. It really is. Because 90% of the fucking films that we've done on this show have all come to this point. John Hurt drove by in his fucking car and was like, ah! <laughs> all guns fucking blazing. He collected all the stones. What? He's ready to go. The fucking car is the Infinity Gauntlet. <laughs> There are infinity stones. <laughs> what? What is fucking? Is is yesterday's target the time stone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He collected the infinite six garbage movies and threw them in his fucking trunk. Yeah, dude, the fucking lumen from a gnome named Norm. That's one of them. <laughs> what about the Van Damme bloodstone? I'll say is the uh, is the, whatever. What is the stupid fucking MacGuffin they were chasing in Dungeons and Dragons? Oh, the fucking the Eye of the Dragon. That's one. There you go. That's the, just your soul stone right there. Probably, maybe. <laughs> Death Note's got to be one of them. <laughs> the Death Note, the Death Note is fucking the 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 Power Stone. Yeah, that's a Horcrux. That one. You know what? You know. With that said, the image that just fucking flashed before my eyes is just Uve Ball with the fucking uh, Infinity Gauntlet <laughs> on. Like, imagine the carnage that guy could fucking bring to the world. He would only snap out Michael Bay, and that would be it. He's the one pulling the strings. It's Uve Ball. He is the fucking watcher. I- exactly. Yeah. And John Hurt is Thanos. Uve Ball is like, with one snap, I will wipe out all evil in the universe. And then just goes to Michael Bay's house and is like, goodbye, Michael Bay, you fucking retard. Now I am the best actor you have ever seen. I have I've saved movies forever. Full bellies and shitty movies for everyone. I cause this mercy. <laughs> You've got Guy Moshe in the fucking corner like that meme where he's trying not to look. Please don't notice me. Please don't notice me. <laughs> <laughs> Guy Moshe's Doctor Strange looking to the future. Well, that's a future I don't want to see. I made a movie with four million outcomes. Woody Harrelson's just there with his pop-up bunnies like, I saw it in here. I wrote a story about a purple man in a chair and he's got a glove. S- so what is, is Howard the Duck our Captain Marvel? Is it what that is? Uh. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, he was already in Guardians. Wasn't that the big uh, foreshadowing? there joe yeah but this is like the prequel right we have to go back i've seen this movie a bajillion times right and this is the first time i've been watching it on like an analytical kind of viewing aha it's your ben raku yeah oh yeah yeah and i'm like i'm like hmm who is this movie for like (laughs) so this movie's rated pg right and i think that's why this had such mixed reviews when it came out because like pg-13 didn't exist at that time is that correct? Right, and then, you know, you had all the soccer moms bringing little Johnny to the movie and seeing duck tits. Yeah, and they're like, there's duck tits, there's fucking ducks, there's... Play duck? Duck condoms. Yeah, oh, I forgot about the clay, the, 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 the duck condom, which... <laughs> I don't know who knows about duck anatomy, but duck dicks would not fit in just, like... The, the kind of condom you would need? Is it like a cat? No, it's like a corkscrew. It's like a drill. Okay. Whatever he had in his wallet, which we'll get to, is... it's That's... I'm like, congr- yeah, it's a condom, but it's going to do neither of you any good. <laughs> 
because a cat's dick is like it's basically a is basically like a barbed fucking dick. It's a fucking morning star, okay? <laughs> so what would have happened, Connor, if he had uh, you know, penetrated Leah Thompson? We've all seen Tetsuo. <laughs> oh. Okay. A fucking Avengers assemble cuz everything is coming out in this episode. So I um pulled up the origin of PG-13. Okay. Red Dawn is the first PG-13 movie ever. I believe it is because um, uh, Temple of Doom came out, and Indi- it's an Indiana Jones movie. But, you know, you, you wouldn't dare give Indiana Jones um, an R rating, so it's got a PG rating. No, you gotta sell them fucking tickets. Yes, that movie also contains a heart-ripping scene. I'm not sure if there was any other films that contributed to it, but I think Temple of Doom is the big one, which then directly led to Red Dawn getting a PG-13 movie for... Um, strong, mildly, bloody, violent... How do you have strong, mildly? (laughs) It says strong, comma, mildly, bloody violence. You have, like, a decapitation, but there's no giant burst of blood? Is that strongly, mildly? Maybe. Strong, mildly, uh, bloody violence, or mild drug content, so... Lightsaber decapitation. Ah! The themes in this film, not even close to being a PG movie. Like, this needs to be PG-13. I feel like this movie was too early, um... And just too across the board as far as, like, what the hell they were trying to do. Because this is a caper movie. It's like a weird noir thing for five seconds. It's a cosmic horror film for ten minutes. (laughs) It's true. Fish out of water movie for an hour and a half. Uh, It's an interspecies relationship for a bit. It's everything. It's just the movie has no identity. So we're what? We're We're three years after... Return of the Jedi, right? Yes. We just had three successful Star Wars movies, like uber, uber, obviously successful films. So George Lucas is like, uh, I like to, sh- I like to, sh- uh, uh. No, sleepier, sleepier, sleepier. Uh, I think I like uh, the Howard the Duck comic. Uh, I like, I like this, sh- I like this sh- comic about a duck, and I think it, it would be a good idea if we, uh, what, what do you think? What do you think if we, if we made it? What if we, uh, what if we made him a, what if we made a Jesus figure? Maybe. Maybe we do like a noir thing or something. You ever see Blade Runner? But he's like a duck. You ever read that comic book, Willard? No, no, George. I've never seen. I've never. I've never read that comic book. Well, it's like a. You know, it's like a duck, and he's funny. I feel like this pitch is very similar to what happened in real life. <laughs> so Willard's like, yeah, that's weird and wacky. Let's do it. So, so the director Willard and his wife Gloria Katz um wrote. Raiders of the Lost Ark and American Graffiti. Which just like crazy to me that then they went on to write and direct this film. Right. Well, here's the thing, like I mean, I guess this project started like all projects start, you know? Like you have this you have this idea and you have this vision of it and it's this certain thing and then when you actually put it down into film or what have you, it's just a very something very, very different. Um this movie was supposed to be animated, by the way. Yeah, and um like this is not um this this is not a, a Z-tier Marvel character either. Uh, this is a Marvel character, by the way. Uh, Howard has shown up in Civil War and Secret Invasion and shows up during Secret Invasion with a, a hand of a scroll tied around his neck and he's armed with a pistol ready to fight off aliens. Yeah, but I would also argue he is one of those characters like a squirrel girl kind of character where it's like, hey, people like them, but we just break them out occasionally for big moments to be like, holy shit, it's that character. Hey, whoa, 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 whoa. Squirrel girl 
vexed Doctor Doom with all those squirrels, okay? I'm just saying there's a reason why these characters exist. They're clearly like joke characters put in like super serious situations because it's like shocking and it's like, oh, how would this weirdo character, you know, work in this real serious situation? Oh, undoubtedly, but he also has been around for fucking ever. That was the whole allure. It was like, this is fucking wacky. Let's do something nuts. You know, let's do something totally fucking kooky with this. And they took it and ran with it. But it was one of those things where, like, what happened to this film happens to all of these conceptual weird films. You know what I mean? When 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 you're on when you're on the level of like high budget uh, Hollywood, you can't get too weird. It, no, you can't. I'm surp- I'm surprised Shape of Water came out. You know what I mean? I feel like Del Toro walked in there with a spell book and was like, "I'm gonna make this woman fuck this fish." And if you don't let me, I'm going to put hexes on you and all of your loved ones. Oh, absolutely. He's got some <laughs> fucking... Yeah, man. He's got he's got the fucking curses going on. He's got the Necronomicon in his back pocket. You saw what happened with Howard the Duck. They didn't fucking it bombed. <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, yeah, you fucked that fish, man. You're going to have a fucking Oscar win on your hands. When you're trying to do like a weird conceptual movie like this... I wouldn't even say it's too conceptual, but it's definitely fucking out there. It's like this oddball weird thing. You know, it's a fucking alien duck man that comes to Earth and, you know, does all this shit. Right. I I feel like it's ahead of its time in terms of, like, what they're trying to do here. Yeah. You know what I mean? As far as, like, the effects go and, like, what they were trying to accomplish. I I feel like most of the effects in this film were actually pretty good. It's ILM, man. And you got fucking Phil Tippett doing some fucking stop motion in this. Like, okay. But it was full of just shit that didn't work, you know, like, I mean, like, the animatronics didn't work, you know, there was just, it was just a fucking nightmare on set, and the time crunch and everything, and, like, I totally get that, so you have, you have the studio breathing down your fucking neck, the fucking effects don't work, but somehow, they made, like, it's a competent film, yeah, it's shot well, and it's edited well, the sound design is really good, the, and some of the effects are really good. I even love some of the music in this movie. So, to, uh, to tie this back to, uh, all of our in-jokes ever. Um, this movie opens with fucking Howard the Duck, the titular Howard the Duck, coming home to his apartment and just kind of assaulting the viewer with so many different ways of telling you, like, hey, welcome to Duck World. <laughs> yeah, so he's, so we're in Duck World, right? And there's, like, all kinds of, like, parodies of, like, our... Because it's supposed to be, like, a parallel universe, right? So let's, let's say, hypothetically, like, the duck was the dominant species and not the ape and it was ducks that evolved i'm listening yeah go on <laughs> i'm a creationist and i'm i'm feeling uh, blasphemed do you have a diagram that only you can see available joe <laughs> <laughs> listen modern day duck existed with modern day humans and dinosaurs by the way this is a movie about a humanoid duck person from a different fucking universe that ends up on earth if we didn't say that yeah <laughs> that's it that's it that's the plot crunch that's it until this movie goes off the fucking rails yeah Duckman accidentally gets sucked from his home on duck world and spit out into earth in uh, into cleveland and then uh hijinks but yeah he's he's in his apartment and you know it's doing that whole thing where it's like hey we're not gonna tell you that this is duck world but it's duck world because he's got photos of him with other ducks <laughs> They even show one fucking picture of him, and he's like, he's like fucking Cheech Marin. He's got the fucking, like, pot leaves surrounding him, and he's, like, smiling. Yeah. There's, like, a poster on the wall. It says, like, Breeders of the Lost Ark, and there's, like, a duck in the role of fucking um, Harrison Ford. And, uh, you know, there's, like, a Humphrey Bogart movie. I forget what the fuck the name of it is, but there's ducks 
in that. Oh, and there's like a W.C. Fields fucking stand-in, like duck stand-in. Yeah. It all feels like a mad magazine gag that goes on for just way too fucking long. It's like, I get Duck World, yep. Yep, there's like a copy of Rolling Stone, but it's Rolling Egg. Yeah, there's Play Duck. It's a lot of jokes that I would kind of be into if they weren't so rapid fire like on the screen i would take this movie if you spread these references out but you gave me rolling egg breeders of the lost quack and play duck in 90 seconds and it, like it just shows howard and he, like fucking like plays his answer machine and his fucking mom is talking to him and his friend and some and some chick oh wow all of the uh the in pursuit saxophone is playing over everything wow yeah, and he gets a literal fucking uh, postcard in the mail from La Paz from Daniel Baldwin himself. <laughs> He's got it on the fucking table there. Dear son, I killed your mom. <laughs> Quack happy. Come down to La Paz. I got money. Dear Howard, I know you're a duck or something. Just like I'm a lawyer or something. Does uh, Howard on Duck World think less of, I don't know, quail country down south? Like, is that what Mexico is? I don't fucking know. Oh, probably. He's like, I don't speak, I don't speak quail. Um, you, you get the shot of Howard and, you know, just to paint a bit of a picture for anyone that hasn't seen this film, it is literally like a white duck uh, stereotypical like very, very Donald Duck-ish but like a little bit more humanoid. Honestly, this is like one of my biggest problems with this movie is how fucking just I'm like it looks like just a man with a bill in his face. It's all it looks like. It's so not. I'm like that's not a duck. I don't know. I don't know what you think a duck looks like. It's weird because it ha- he has like fingernails and like pads on his hands. Yeah, he moves too much like a person, and like his eyes are way too expressive for that beak that can't express at all but then at the same time like he walks and he shrugs and he's in his his gait and everything i'm like it's too human i'm like you're not a duck you're a fucking man in a suit so ed gale's in this fucking suit man um this is the man who uh who did a lot of the scenes in the first child's play and a couple in the second child's play how the chuck for- <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. Just walks up to some kid. You want to play? You want to quack? Best ducks forever. Fouls to the end? There you go. Oh. That's the duck world version of Chucky. <laughs> Ducklings play. Yeah, so Ed Gale's in the suit. But there's also, a, there's like two other people that play Howard. There was like a 12-year-old kid. I think his name's Jordan Prentice. And then there's a third uh, little person that does some of the stunts that was a that was a chick, but I don't know her name. And then the puppeteer behind the face was fucking Tim Rose, who did a ton of uh, puppet work on like the Return of the Jedi. And then the voice of Howard is Chip Zine. The voice really took me out of it because I don't know, like the the suit was one thing, but then I'm like. I have to listen to this very square, sort of nondescript voice coming out of this very strange suit the whole fucking movie. They should have gotten the fucking guy from uh, Critters 2, that guy from the burger joint. <laughs> Eddie Deason? Yeah, that would have been funny as hell. Hi, I'm Howard the Duck. I'm Howard Beverly. Beverly, hey, toots. Come here, toots. How about buffalo chips or a moose shake? Like, at least give him a smoker's cough or something. So dig, John Cusack and Martin Short both auditioned for this. Oh my god, imagine Martin Short. I would have taken either of those because, like, Martin Short is a little more over the top and John Cusack is just subdued enough for me to buy it. Sounds like he's falling asleep. Hi, I'm John Cusack. I think Chip's fine. I I think it all works together. So Howard's kicking it on his couch. He's fucking, opens up his fucking brand new edition of Play Duck magazine and he flips on the fucking television and there's like a fucking 
<laughs> there's these commercials, right? And this is the first time we see, like, other ducks besides him. And some of them have hair? Yeah. Like, actual hair? Howard's all feathers, and he has, like, a ruffles in the front, which are obviously his feathers, but, like, kind of modeled to look like hair. But then this fucking dude in this commercial has a straight, like, flat top. I mean, maybe Howard's got the good genes. <laughs> He's not a mutant? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, it's one of his favorite words. <laughs> Well, he's sitting there, he's watching TV, and he's about to crank his fucking duck hog. <laughs> and then uh, fucking Zool from Ghostbusters shows up and drags his fucking love seat through the door. Through a door, through his neighbor's walls, um, and then through another neighbor's wall. She's bathing, and this is our this is our first and thankfully only encounter with- No, 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 no. This is our second duck boob shot. Oh, yeah, we got some in the play duck. I missed the- I somehow missed the play duck breast, because I was probably grabbing my temples going, Play duck! Play duck. He fucking flips out that centerfold. Her fucking boobies are hanging out. And he's like, oh, my little airbrush beauty. Why do these things have nipples? What? <laughs> so you know what they are. They're not mammals. And honestly, putting the nipples on them makes them look way more graphic and unnecessary than they would if they were just feathery lumps. What the fuck? And this is PG. Like, they're still tits. I mean, how much you want to bet Willard Huck was just kind of like, hey, can we get away with this? You want to see if I walk up to someone and say, I have duck tits this movie, and they would go, I, I guarantee you don't. And he's like, fucking watch me. A wise man once said on the Gnome Name Norm episode, if you want to fuck a puppet, fuck a puppet. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> Whoever said that is a great person. <laughs> Very smart. Yeah, Howard's chair gets launched through several walls, and then... We get the actual villain of the film because um, you don't see it, but we know it's there. And John Hurt drives his fucking car across <laughs> the skyline and he goes, ah! <laughs> well, he opens up a portal in Thanos' asshole because this guy flies through this fucking purple circle in the space. <laughs> like straight up. He goes right past Ant-Man. Right past Ant-Man. I was like, there it is. There's the fucking Buke Cannon. The fucking... Buke Cannon was right there in the fucking sky. Open up that fucking stupid ass black hole singularity anus that threw out Attila the Hun. I hate to burst your bubble, Connor, but the Buke Cannon is in a lab in Cleveland. Oh yes, it, well okay, well he's got a point there. This is the this is the effect of the Buke Cannon. Yeah, Howard gets sucked into a fucking singularity in the sky, which like they didn't softball me with the fucking duck premise, and then I'm just expected to be like, oh, okay, duck world, duck tits. Sky ass, you're being sucked into a black hole. <laughs> like, it's been two and a half minutes, and we're already off the fucking rails of this fucking train. Oh, this is like, we're like five minutes in already, and I'm like, where the fuck are the credits? And then, of course, here we go, fucking VO is like, on a time before time, and, you know, parallel universes, and then everywhere there's another universe that has, you know, there's planets exist with full of shit. This guy said galaxies. I'm like, what the fuck? Do you know what the multiverse is? Is that the multi-Z? So by that rationale, there is a planet of John Hurt's just somewhere. <laughs> They're all John, like, everybody's John Hurt. Oh my god, that's fucking infuriating. So this really, what is it, really like Rick and Morty with the Council of Ricks, but it's like the Council of Hurts? Oh yeah, fucking Morty shows up later, I'll tell you something. Yeah, what, what is Meshout Taylor fucking Morty in that situation? He's like, because, you know, he's kind of like the apprentice uh, John Hurt. He's in the trunk. I thought you were going to say, um, what's his nuts from, uh, from, uh, Uncle Sam? Oh, Jody? Yeah, you know, that, you know, that kind of lines up. <laughs> he's evil Morty! <laughs> so Howard, uh, it's blasted through fucking space um 
he can breathe. Uh, it's a long trip. He's caught in a tractor beam. So he gets fucking yanked through space. It lands on a different Earth, but he lands in Cleveland. He crashes through like a Welcome to Cleveland fucking billboard. And then bounces off a fucking water tower and then eats shit. He bounced, he, well, he should have died like four times. <laughs> in space, you mean? Forget that. Like, just his landing, like, should have paralyzed him because he crashed through a building. He bounces off a fucking water tower. Like, careens down a building, collapsed, like, crashes through a steel awning and lands in a trash can? Yeah. He gets out of this trash can, there's just, like, a bunch of fucking punkers around him. Yeah. And they're just like, oh, look at this fucking freak. So they, like, pull him out of the garbage? Yeah, and, like, he's, there's a weird shot where, like, Howard becomes a, just a fucking puppet. Yeah. And these fucking punkers, like, pick him up and, like, bring him into this fucking bar. And then we kick up the fucking awesome soundtrack in this, and then we get our first shot of Leah Thompson, and my fucking heart explodes, and I die. My God. Because she is amazing. Also, in all of her fucking, uh, her teased-ass hair and her her 80s punk rock regalia, it's amazing. She is so fucking 80s, and I'm just like, oh my God. She's like a a mix of Madonna and, like, fucking uh, 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 Cyndi Lauper, and I'm just like, can we please get out of this bar? Um, she reminded me of how when I first watched Streets of Fire and I saw Diane Lane in that movie for the first time, I was like, Jesus! <laughs> I'm, I'm she in love. She just reminded me of the mom from Back to the Future. <laughs> I don't know, is that too obvious? <laughs> I tried not to think about that during some sequences of this movie. I, I mean, it's yeah, I've seen Back to the Future probably like 20 times, so it's kind of hard not to have that in the back of your head. What's weirder, watching a character potentially make out with her son or potentially try to fuck a duck. Well, that's the that's the conundrum because like she's fresh off Back to the Future, man. <laughs> this is totally my Leah Thompson. Like I like Back to the Future a lot. I think it's a great film. But like this is the film that babysat me, not Back to the Future. Yeah. No, I get that. So yeah, there's just like weird string of sequential hijinks where these punkers like kidnap Howard and take him into a club. And they're like, what do they say? Like, look, I have. A, a child? No, they're like, I have you. I ha- hey, fucking Frankenweenie, here's your date. And they throw him at this fucking nerd. Yeah, this Egon looking fuck. Yeah, they go in this. He looks like fucking Barton Fink. So they go into this fucking club, and then, you know, the the the, the, the band's playing. Leah Thompson's band, the Cherry Bombs, are playing. All of the music, mo- mo- not all of it, but most of the music, all of the, like, non traditionally scored music, like all the rock songs and shit, are all done by Thomas Dolby. Oh, shit. And they're all recorded. Like the vocals are all done by Leah Thompson and the other girls. I did not know that. That's they're really fucking good then. Like they're really singing this. And I thought that was just so fucking amazing. And when I met her, I was like, I can't believe you fucking sang all these songs. And she was like, yeah, they almost didn't let me do it. Like, they were, like, super, um, they were super mean about it. Like, super critical about her voice and shit. Oh. And I think it sounds so good. I think it sounds awesome. Like, again, like, that's one of the best fucking, like, if you walked away with anything from this film, it's the soundtrack, because it's fucking awesome. Yes. So, yeah, this weird sequence of events continue. They throw him into Barton Fink, who then kind of recalls in horror. And, like, a bouncer goes over and says, I said no kids! <laughs> and, like, takes fucking Howard and throws him back into the street. Who then, and then he, what is he, he starts running from bikers? Hold on, if this was a child? He's like, no kids. And he just, and he throws him, like, like out the door, like, assumingly to his death, like, in the middle of the street. He throws him out the door into, like, some poor homeless woman's, like, stuff she has all, like, fucking set up. And it, like, goes flying. And she does, like, she starts just screaming in his face. He's like, whoa, whoa. Beating him with, like, a fucking sack. And then he, like, runs away from her and almost gets hit by a fucking truck. And then this fucking biker gang called Satan Sluts. (laughs) 
they, they're fucking like driving after him and he's like running away from him and he grabs like a fucking wench or something. Oh, he grabs the, he gra- you mean he grabs the, um, the hook, right? The, the, it's like a towing hook or something like that. It lifts him up. It breaks. He falls on one of the bikers, um, like the front of their bike. Um, they smack him off. Yeah, she's like, kill him, whatever. And he just fucking chick like backhands him off the fucking bike. Yeah, and I think then he runs into the alley where he's backed against the wall and like puts his hand on oh on something. And he looks over to a woman's leg and then he runs his hand up her skirt. <laughs> <laughs> and her and the dude she's making out with freak out, and then he runs away again. The fucking woman's like, kill it, Lloyd, or whatever the fuck yeah. his name is. And he, like, takes, like, a stop sign and, like, tries to smash him with it? He grabs a picket sign and breaks it over his fucking head. <laughs> so he fucking hides out in, like, a fucking garbage can because he's like, holy shit, you know, this... I'm, you know, I'm on a different planet. Uh, I'm gonna die. You know, I didn't hate him yet, so I felt pretty bad for him. I'm like, this is it's, we're ten minutes in, and he's already been he's been traumatized. But then, it, yeah, he finds his trash can to hide in, and um, it cuts to uh, uh, Beverly's like leaving the club, and she's kind of wandering the street, and she gets attacked by like two of the most Batman should have been beating these two up. Oh yeah, like, that's what they look like. They look like those two fuckers who like when Michael Keaton beats up on the top of the roof uh, on the rooftop in Batman one. I t- there ain't no these guys bat. are like oh we love your music. You're, can you sign my shorts or whatever? They look like two people who tried out for ministry and failed. <laughs> So they like sexually harass this woman uh, into a bunch of garbage cans, and uh, Howard's like, "I got, I had about enough of this shit." So he fucking jumps out onto the top of this garbage can. Yeah, and he he took a sip of fucking Urkel's uh, Bruce Lee juice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a master of quack fool, fuckface. Like what the fuck? And these two people just like lift him up by the fucking collar and shake him like a child. <laughs> the dude's like, "I've been doing too much." Toot. Well, I don't even know what the fuck that means. Like, I'm pretty seasoned in that department, but I don't know what the fuck toot's supposed to be. <laughs> is he talking about, like, crystal meth? Maybe. Or, like, cocaine? Or, like, what is he talking about? I've been doing too much toot. I've been, <laughs> been inhaling too much of your flatulence, Jimmy. I've been doing too much farts. I had White Castle, then I had Taco Bell, then I went to Waffle House. I just, I can't stop. He's <laughs> been sticking a hose up his ass right into his nostril. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. There's a villain for you. <laughs> <laughs> the toot? Yeah, he beats the shit out of these guys and saves Leah Thompson, and you've come to find out that her name is uh, Beverly. Mm-hmm. Beverly Switzler. She has the initial reaction like any other person would that, hey, there's this alien duck person talking to me, and after about five seconds, she's kind of okay with it. She's totally fine with it at the drop of a dime. She's like, wow, you're weird. Okay, want to come home with me? She takes this better than April O'Neil seeing a bunch of fucking t- turtles and Splinter. Like, April's horrified, and this woman's like, holy shit, a talking duck. You want to come back to my place? Yeah. Oh, you, you're you outdoors? Okay. You can come to my joint. Well, yeah. First, he's like, uh, he's like, ah, uh, I just want to go home. Like, I don't, I'm good. Uh, and she's like, all right, bye. And then he's like shivering in the rain and blah, blah, blah. And then she's like... Let's go back to my apartment. And I'm like, I'm ar- at this point, I'm already like, are you trying to fuck that duck? Yeah, like, y- you already had a plan, didn't you? Oh, this guy saved my life. I, whether he's a midget in a fucking duck suit or just a duck thing, I, we're getting fucking, we're getting kooky. Let's go. Well, they make a point to show Howard standing there in the fucking rain, like, you know, you know, trying to get warm. She's like, you got a place to live? He's like, eh, from a different universe. 
I guess I'm just gonna freeze to death. Have a nice <laughs> night. Yeah, I'm like, all right, you just like quit being so indignant, you piece of shit. So Leah Thompson takes him back to her pad, and he's like, "This is a real shithole." Of note, she takes him back to her pad after they play this super sappy music for like a minute straight of like basically some kind of like love theme, and then she feels bad and takes him home. It kind of remind me of the fucking Ferris wheel in Death Note when like fucking what's her face is dying and that stupid ass power ballad starts playing (laughs) it's here's the thing there's two versions of this song too like there's this one which i don't care for and then there's one that leah thompson sings and it's really good but it's not on the soundtrack so yeah she takes him back to her place and like it's an apartment building that like looks like it should be condemned listen if you fucking tried to buy this apartment now she's like this is this is my apartment it's a shithole or whatever i got it really cheap if you tried to buy this fucking apartment right now it would cost you like a half a million dollars (laughs) it's like this giant ass studio fucking apartment with like brick walls and shit and like exposed beams and stuff it is decorated to the fucking nine she has like these like lights hanging from across the thing her couch is in the middle of the room with all a bunch of shit on it. Howard's like, yeah, it's a piece of shit. Well, I guess the point is that she's right under or next to, like, a train, and that's why it's kind of shitty. Oh, well, yeah, I get that. She, she's like, oh, what do you drink? Like, milk or something? Want me to get you a bowl? He's like, a bowl? <laughs> He's like, let me give you a fucking bowl. He's like, I need a beer. So she grabs him a beer, <laughs> and he's like, ooh, big brewski, because this fucking thing's as big as him. Well, he sits down and drinks this beer, and I guess, like, the train drives by, and the, and the fucking apartment shakes. And before his his chair fucking blasted off uh, into space, it, it shook, and he's like has PTSD from this or some shit. He's like freaking out by it, and he turns into a puppet again. Oh, he sure does, right underneath the fucking countertop there. <laughs> his fucking his eyes quake and they go everywhere, and you can tell he's flat against the fucking wall because <laughs> someone's hands up his ass. It's <laughs> it's so fucking weird because and it's not Beverly's, mm, not yet. God. <laughs> It's one of those things where it's weird because, like, there was an evolution of this puppet throughout the production. At times, I couldn't tell if I preferred the puppet or not. Yeah, like, initially, I think a lot of it was hand puppet, um, and then they, like, made the face, which was all animatronic. And by the way, I think, I want to say this is one of the first completely uh, cordless remote servoed heads. Like, that blinks and opens its mouth and ex- is expressive with eyebrows and shit like that. Well, what, when did the Turtles come out? Because the Turtles, I think, were, like, the first of their kind, too. 1990, but that was the Henson Company. Yeah, because that was it was something you could attach to a human, wasn't it? Where it was, like, a full-size human, like, the suits were a little more uh, complicated. Right, 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 right. And they, and they did it via radio control. So there was no wires. It was all, like, battery packs and shit. That, and they were far more expressive, and their mouths were capable of much more... Uh, uh, complex movements. And you could see that guy's eyes inside Donatello's mouth in that one scene. You saw nothing? I don't know what you're talking about. Um, <laughs> I did not have nightmares the first time I saw that. Howard's like, I wanted to be a musician, and then my parents were like, too bad, so I became a jingle writer? Advertising copywriter? Yeah. He he said he went to medical school for plastic surgery, and I'm like, dude, what are you talking about? And then he's like, yeah, and then I had a band, and then I fucking, I did construction work, and I was like, I had to go out into the world on my own. It's a shame none of those abilities or talents will ever come up again during the film. Or will they? They were saving that for the sequel. (laughs) 
<laughs> but yeah, and then he drinks a little bit and passes out, and Beverly's already, oh yeah, she picks up his wallet because he drops it, and she like kind of gets, and, like, she pulls out a dollar bill, there's a fucking duck bill on it. He says his license is from Marshington, D.C., Yeah, and he's got a Mallard card instead of a Master card, and a Blooming Ducks card instead of a Blooming Dales. And then she pulls a condom out of his wallet, and she goes, oh, Howard, I'm like, you should be fucking horrified, Beverly. It's a fucking Lucy. It's like, it's not, it's like an unwrapped, disgusting, fucking rolled up finger. It's it's like it's there for good luck. (laughs) You know, like, you know those finger condoms you could put on? For burns? Yeah. That's what it is. For his little fucking weird corkscrew dick. He, uh, yeah, he wakes up. He's like, hey, I can show you how to put that on. (laughs) With my mouth. He does, and she's like, ah! She runs away. Here's my question. This guy's an alien. He comes from space, clearly. And she's okay with that. Sure, whatever. When you found the wallet that just had a bunch of shit that's, like, real, but it's, like, duckified, wouldn't you have some more questions you wanted answered at that point? Yeah, like, where exactly are the fuck are you from, buddy? Like, <laughs> like, wouldn't that just, like, blow your mind, like, more so than that he's just an alien? It's like, no, he's actually an alien from an alternate universe. Who's your president? What's your capital? Like, what are the other countries like? What is your what is your society like? Was, like, Planet of the Apes another fucking side of this coin? Oh, yeah. Oh, for sure. Dr. Zaius is fucking, uh, flying to Earth right now, like, in a different universe. He's like, he's like, ducks, what are you, some kind of fucking moron? Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. Oh, Dr. Zayas. Yeah, what, like, Howard the Ducks there with Zyra, like, trying to figure out how to fucking escape? He's like, oh, bright eyes. No, my name's fucking Howard. And then fucking Caesar from the reboot shows up, and he's like, no! Um, so you, so you go from this, this fucking duck condom joke to immediately to Leah Thompson in a fucking cab with just a garbage bag with fucking Howard's fucking beak sticking out the front of it. Oh, that's right, because she says, she's like, I know a science guy, um who can uh, help you find out where you came from. That's a fucking laugh out loud from me. The, the the image of this fucking little person in a plastic bag in the back of a cab is hilarious. And the cab driver just keeps giving it like a look. She gets dropped off at this fucking museum where this guy works and she's literally dragging his ass <laughs> each step. Some dude's like, you need help with that? She's like, nope, I'm good. And he's and you hear Howard go, yeah. <laughs> she's like, I have a science friend who I can meet, who I can show you. And she takes him to meet Andy Dufresne. A very coked out Tim robbins good old phil he is the most manic 11 out of 10 we probably needed you out of five um loud talky 1000 miles an hour tim robbins i've ever seen he is young he is vibrant he is full of exuberance and i love it this is before he got framed for killing his wife yeah and then that kind of took a turn (laughs) That's why he's the way he is. Yeah, but he got away. He's okay. It's okay. John Hurt, you son of a bitch, you did this. But he plays. He plays Phil, and he's this guy that uh, you know works in the lab at this uh, museum. And uh, Beverly just straight up just brings Howard in. This guy's immediately giddy, and he fucking runs over to like uh, the other guys that work there, like the older people in charge. Because he bursts in like a like a classroom lecture or something like that. He's like, gentlemen, <laughs> I have it nothing to show you carry on just runs away yeah like it hits him mid-sentence like if he were to actually reveal this like what could happen oh yeah and he's like ooh, maybe not uh so he he rolls into the he goes back into the the specimen lab because that's where they're kind of like hiding him out for a second he's like this is amazing he's like it's a bird it's a plane it's a duck 
And he's like trying to, he like leans over to Howard and he's like, he's like, I'm Phil, you Howard, we be friends. And Howard's not saying anything. And then he does this fucking wacky ass fucking Donald Duck impression. Yeah. Which like, I'm like, should Howard be offended? But he doesn't know who Donald Duck is. So like, (laughs) I mean, I'm sure he's familiar with like weird quacking. Is he though? No, I guess not. I mean, if we're going to just, you know, assume that this parallel universe uh, had, you know, ducks that, are, you know, are humanoid. We can only assume that the Disney cartoons just had a human that was talking with a lisp in the place of Donald Duck. It's also one of those things where it's like, are there other birds on right. Duck World, even though we're calling it Duck World? Like, are the bald eagles in charge and they have their fucking foot on the duck's neck? Well, right. Well, that's what Connor was saying. You go down south, it's a fucking grouse or some shit. Or like a turkey? Yeah, yeah. Turkeys be Russians. The turkeys have just fucking shotguns at the ready, like, we'll get you now. Payback. You got a bunch of, you like, naked humans walking around in the roads. They're just getting hit by cars left and right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh goddamn! God. I hit another... F- <laughs> you take Kramer when he was fucking, you know, doing the uh, butter uh, tanning theory. He's got Kramer on the fucking table. They have, they have fucking, they have manhunting season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're hunting them. Like, oh, man's in season, gonna shoot the fuck out of some men. Mm. They're just and like, what are they? What, what is a human? Because I'm just thinking of like ugly Americans when they had the um the the man birds who just scream, "Suck my balls!" Like, what do humans <laughs> scream? Like, <laughs> maga. <laughs> right? I guess that's what they would say. Maga, 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 maga. There's a group of them over there. Maga. They sell the fucking call down in duck sporting goods instead of dicks. Oh, my oh God. Jesus. Oh, my God. <laughs> Kill me now. <laughs> we should be in jail for some of these puns. <laughs> so Tim Robbins is like, do you have any superpowers? And Howard's like, what? He's like, bend this bar with your bare hands. <laughs> I love I love Tim Robbins' cadence. And Sonny goes like, Howard, can you bend this? <laughs> Howard! <laughs> Can you melt through this wood with your fire vision? And he's just like, Howard, stop holding out on me and read my mind. He's like, yeah, wait, I'm getting something. They know I'm a phony. They know I'm a yo-yo. Um, after enough of this abuse, uh, Howard gets up and leaves to Beverly's protest. And then I think they, oh, they go out to like a little, like another exhibit. And this is where we, the, the fucking duck evolution oh this is where we get that invisible diagram that only fucking uh tim robbins can see yeah that like everyone else in the room including beverly and howard should have been like what the fuck is he looking at he walks up to like an exhibit based on like the evolution of man and it's the the you know the 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 ape into man kind of thing and howard's like oh you're all hairless apes which means that he knows what apes are. Yeah, so they're running around on Duck World somewhere. Um, again, Maga! Yeah, man, they're in the fucking Galapagos Islands. <laughs> because Tim Robbins is like, I have a theory that the fucking, what if the species, what if the dominant species were duck instead of ape? You know, you got modern duck. And Howard's like, yep, every fucking school duck knows this asshole. Basically, but, like, Tim Robbins' whole angle is, like, he wants to become famous off of Howard. Yeah. So he's like, come on, well, I'll put you on a fucking talk show or some shit. He makes some joke where he's like, yeah, I want you to make me famous, but, you know, just be happy that it's me that wants to do it, not some other scientist that wants to, like, slice you open. And he just, like, looks at him like, okay, uh, see you later. And then as he said that, more scientists walk in and, like, they try their best to hide Howard and Beverly. <laughs> They're like, and the guy comes in, he's like, she's like, Phil, did you fuck? clean up the lab yet and he's like oh no doctor whatever 
And then they walk away, and he's like, you're a fucking janitor? I'm a lab assistant. Yeah, and he's like, uh, I'm studying to get my own museum. I'm like, no, no, you're not. And that's when Howard's like, okay, I've been had, and he fucking leaves. Yeah. Um, then he go outside, and him and Beverly kind of have an argument. There's also these these amazing sight gags of just like, because the whole movie, they're like, oh, you know, Howard, you can't walk around people. They're going to be freaked out. So he walks out of this fucking museum, and, like, all these people start like, running away. They go over to, like, this fountain and are arguing. This guy's sitting there eating a sandwich. He keeps, like, fucking moving farther and farther away from them. And a bunch of kids are like, whoa! And he's like, brah! And he scares them away. Oh, more hairless apes, he says. <laughs> I, I just love when he, he stands up in the fucking fountain to get level with Beverly so he can yell at her. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the funniest part about it, he calls, he calls everybody a fucking a hairless ape. And he only even got that insult uh, because Phil was trying to explain, hey, uh... This is this is how we evolved, and he's like, "Huh, all right, get a pocket that in the back of my mind for the rest of the film." Yeah, well, he, I'm surprised he didn't make that connection because everybody's like, "You're a fucking duck," and he's like, "Well, you're an ape, a hairless one." You're, yeah, I've seen you before too. I watched you throw poo at each other. <laughs> you run around in fucking fields in the wilderness <laughs> with your red hats. <laughs> for life, man, I can't forget how y'all got them. <laughs> Got a factory? <laughs> That's all they know how to do is just make hats. Who taught you guys how to build factories? <laughs> and they have an argument. He's just fed up, and he's like, he's like, fuck you, and fuck Phil, and fuck everybody. I'm going to get a job? And fuck your stupid planet for all your stupid people. Yeah, I'm going to get a job and eat. Oh, that's right, because he goes to the fucking welfare office. <laughs> it's so fucking funny. People in this movie don't have enough, like, awareness to realize that they're talking to, like, an actual duck man. Yeah, <laughs> I love it, actually. I, I think this part's hilarious. She's like, you think I'm one of these pushovers. You come in here looking weird enough that you're not going to get hired. Well, I'm going to put you in a weird place myself. She makes him work in a fucking, like... It's called Hot Tub Fever is the place. There's a place in Las Vegas called The Green Door, and it's a swingers club. Um, I have been told that should I ever be curious enough, I still wouldn't want to go because I've heard it's just foul. <laughs> like, as soon as this sequence happened, I'm like, oh, this must be what the green door is. This place is fucking gross with a capital G. I never want to be in there. It's like a sauna. This was like a, it's like a bathhouse that's never been cleaned, and people are just loose, and it looks like something you'd find in the worst parts of Brazil. Yeah. It's a, it's like, it's slummy, and just like, there's an air of grossness to it, and like, Howard's just walking around giving people fucking towels. It's steamy, it's dark, there's people fucking all over everything, in hot tubs, in mud baths, fucking shooting loads all over the place. Howard, Howard's going down the fucking aisle, he's like, pushing his car, he's like, eh, eh. Uh, yeah, you need, uh, you need a towel? No? Okay. Yeah. Hey, uh, uh, you need a towel? Ah, you motherfucker, you got it on me. Ah, <laughs> uh. uh, this, you know, you know how hard it is to get out of fur? Oh, <laughs> gotta scrub this fucking nut shot out of my fucking feathers. It's, it's bizarre as fuck. And he goes up to, like, his boss, who's, like, working behind the counter, and he's, he stops to take, like, uh, five just to, to puff on his cigar, and the guy's like, what are you, taking a break? Yeah, he's a creepy little dude. You, he's like, I'm taking a break. And this fucking guy's like, well, there's a fucking clogged jet in fucking room five. Get in there. And he fucking grabs Howard. He, like, picks up Howard and throws him in this hot tub where these people are fucking. Well, because, yeah, and then Howard's like, oh, I can't swim. I can't swim. Yeah, and, like, shoves his face into the, the, the jet. Yeah, and he's got a mouthful of fucking cum water. He gets out. He's like, oh, no, I need a towel. You need more than a towel. You need a fucking, you need a goddamn, some kind of <laughs> shot, some kind of shot that clears up. He needs, he needs a fucking salt bath is what he needs after that. Fuck disinfectant something i don't know what antibiotics he gets like he gets right up 
finds his boss. I thought, okay, for one second, I thought this was a tub full of human shit. Oh, God, you think? It might be. It's the fucking shrimp tub. (laughs) (laughs) We only use the finest meats. Fucking barf, dude. This dude is, like, hovering over what could be a mud bath, but, like, I don't trust that it is. I think it is a tub full of human shit. Maybe. He pulls a fucking bra out of it. Yeah, and he's like, and then Howard runs up, and he's like, I quit, and he shoves this dude face first into this tub of what could be mud or what could be poop. And that's the end of the subplot. It just, it ends right here. That's it. It completely dissolves. And I honestly could have done without this entire stretch because when i say this movie's made for nobody i'm like you could have lost about 30 minutes this movie probably a little more tolerable Uh, probably now he's out on his ass because he's not you know he's not working or anything and he's fucking walking around wearing i guess fucking tiny tim's clothes that he fucking stole because after holiday switch uh, he didn't need him anymore he did say at the at the welfare office that he's like it's not my fault i had to shoplift from the tiny section of the the gro- of the clothing store yeah of the fucking goodwill or some shit salvation army or some shit well he he's like going from town to town and he ends up on the fucking bus and uh, he goes to get off and all these people are freaked out by him that's a duck man that's a duck that's a duck man <laughs> <laughs> this guy in the back congratulations you fucking moron this guy shouting this at him as he gets off the bus and he uh he turns a corner he's in front of like the fucking uh tv shop or whatever and he and he's watching it a little and he sees like ah get yourself a, a roasted duck for dinner and he's like oh my god he sees he sees fucking daffy duck dressed like robin hood he starts freaking out you're fucking there's like a duck hunting like special and he's like duck hunting season's on and and now that we've upped the amount of ducks that we can fucking kill for the thing god how would he feel about there being a video game console where there's a game came that comes out for it that all you do is shoot ducks Ugh. And then there's, like, uh, this fucking guy in the background is like, he's like, yeah, I can't wait to shoot a bunch of them fuckers, and it's, like, bleeped out. I'm like, what the fuck? Uh, surprisingly enough, this scene has a callback later. He's freaked out, because, like, this is the, this is the, the shining moment where he realizes that, like, he is a food item for us. Uh, so he runs away, and he kind of ends up running back to where he crash-landed. Yeah, he ends up de- back in the alley where the fucking, uh, the fucking dive club is, where, uh, Leah Thompson's band plays. And she's singing the sad song that was, uh, playing before, I believe. Yeah, the better version of this song she's singing. And he kind of wanders in the club, and, um, uh, after he does, I think it's when she kind of changes the attitude. She's like, this is so depressing! Yeah. Then she kicks up a different tune. While this is happening, he, like, does he walk up to the bar, or does he, like, overhear a conversation between these three scuzz bags he hears the 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 owner of the club talking to ginger who's the manager for the leah thompson's band and he's like he's like hey he's like here's your money for the girls and he's like he's like if it even gets to the girls <laughs> i'm gonna announce my intentions this room full of people <laughs> yeah and he's like, he's like they'll get the money when fucking leah thompson gives it up you know i'm gonna take her upstairs for a little career manipulation you get what i'm saying i'm gonna pull my dick out in front of her <laughs> i'm gonna clean her pipes blah, 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 blah. fucking walking fart this guy is yeah I, I guess it's supposed to be like a dive bar so it's like kind of playing up that all these people here suck oh yeah no for sure they're scumbags so howard hears it and he's and he orders a drink and and he basically confronts ginger who's the who's the manager he pull he goes like full christopher walking from fucking joe 
murdering these guys. It's like, hey, you're doing my friend <laughs> wrong. You do it again. I'll stab you in the face with a soldering iron. And he does, sort of. Kind of. Ice pick. Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking, that was horrifying. He overhears Ginger and he's like, you're going to give those girls that money or I'm going to go quack foo on you or something. Fucking, and then Richard Edson is in the scene? Richard Edson is Spike from fucking the Mario Brothers movie? Oh my God. The guy with the mustache? Oh my God, I knew I fucking knew him from somewhere. Yeah, and he throws Howard down the fucking bar. Yes. <laughs> so Ginger's like, Ginger's like, I ain't giving you shit. And then fucking Rich Edson fucking picks up Howard and throws him down the end of the fucking bar. And he slides all the way down the bar off the end of it. Pops up with a fucking Kilroy shot, okay? Like, you just see his hands pop up and then his fucking beak and his evil looking eyes pop up from above the side of the bar. <laughs> and then he hops on top of it runs down the fucking bar in what should be the most distracting thing a human being would ever lay eyes eyes on. Like, oh, Daffy Duck is running down the bar. I just said those words out loud. (laughs) And then just, like, he he starts beating the fuck out of these dudes. I can't remember how he communicates it to, like, but the bartender hands him a glass bottle, which he then smashes on one of them's face, and the bartender's like, yeah, son. Like, it's fucking nods. He fucking punches Red Sensen, and then, the yeah, the bartender hands him a fucking uh, bottle, and he smashes this other fucking dude, and he, like, he's got, he's got, I can't even fucking do it over, because it's a podcast, but it's fucking, it was, it's great. He makes a face like, yes, queen. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. He's like, oh, that was so good, with a fucking cigarette in his mouth. He's like, ooh, yeah, and then just goes back to tending bar like <laughs> ginger like grabs him and like slams him down and like goes to stab him with this fucking ice pick and he like dodges out of the way and then somehow gets the upper hand and then like you know goes to stab him with the ice pick and fucking puts it right through his earring and he's like listen you're gonna give the girls the money and you fucking resign as their manager and he, and he disagrees he's like oh i know you only have an earring in one ear let's even you up and he goes to stab him again yeah and that's when he caves and gives him the money and i believe he gets a standing ovation while the girls are like what the hell nobody likes music let's just leave yeah he's like he's like i'm gonna bite your face and i got space rabies so you better get the fuck out of here oh yeah space rabies and he starts yelling at everybody space rabies so he gets the money and he goes backstage and he goes to see the girls and uh fucking holly robinson is there from hanging with mr cooper that's who i thought that was okay or at least she looks familiar to me right away yeah so they so howard walks in and they're like they're like oh you're really a duck huh that's that's crazy okay and then fucking tim robbins shows up and he's like i got pizza howard's like how'd you get back he's like i'm dating one of them i'm fucking the drummer it never gets brought up again to the end of the film. <laughs> I think it's so funny because he's like, uh, he's like, he's like, no sex right now. I'm doing science or some shit. Oh yeah, because doesn't he offhandedly mention he's like, oh yeah, I might have found a way for you to get home. And just starts eating. Yeah, well yeah, because he mentions that one of his colleagues, uh, you know, is gonna call him. Um, I thought there was gonna be a gag here because Howard goes to grab some food or something, and Tim Robbins puts his hand over a foam container. I thought they were leading up to Howard opening this thing up and seeing little wings. Oh, we get something later with that. Yeah, and I thought that was going to... And it never... Because, like, Tim Robbins immediately puts his hands on them. I'm like, oh, is there a psych guy coming up with food? Because I would actually like that. Tim Robbins, he has all these theories that, oh, you've been here for, for a millennium, and you were frozen, and you unfroze, and now you're here. And he's yeah. like, oh, okay, buddy. I'm pretty sure I was awake when I got here. He's like, I already fucking told you how I got here, dumbass. And then Tim Robbins fucking... He's like, he's like, I figured it out. I'm going to go meet, I have a meeting with my colleagues and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, I just need a feather. And then he pulls out the most horrifying pair of tweezers I've ever seen. They're gigantic for like pulling a fucking splinter out of a fucking Bigfoot's dick or something. I'm also wondering like why Howard's like resistant to this. 
Because he's like, I need one of your feathers so I can go match it to another feather. Right, because his colleague called and said they have one that, you know, if we can match them, we'll we'll talk, essentially. Right, and, like, Howard's like, I ain't doing that, and I'm like... It's just a feather. Like, you like you, you molt all the fucking time. It's like asking for a piece of hair. Sure have one. I'm covered in it. Yeah, exactly. Take it out. Take more of it. So he ends up pulling it out of fucking Howard's ass, and he just, like, runs off with it. Yeah. Are you okay? My pride. You're fine. Quit complaining. So, yeah, they go back to Beverly's apartment, and it seems like their little argument from before is now almost inconsequential. And uh, she gets back to the house, and, like... Almost immediately starts undressing. She's straight up in her drawers in this scene. Yeah. And, uh, like, it's like, whatever, Howard, come to bed. And he's like, what? She's like, you hurt me. Get in bed. And he's like, I beg your pardon. Um, he's like, I want to go home. He's like, but I have come to appreciate the female human body. Yeah. He's like, I'm ready to go if you are. And he fucking jumps in this bed. He's like, I came ready with protection. I'm going to get my wallet. She's like, I know. I pulled it out before. Give me that corkscrew. <laughs> he just goes, well, you you do realize it's like a literal corkscrew. That's, you know, the way our anatomy works. He's all with it. He's like, he's like, yeah, so you want to make it happen or whatever? And she's like. But then she's extra into it. And he's like, oh, God, you're weird. Uh, no, no. Well, I think she could tell that he is just like playing it up to try to look cool. So she like just fucks with him for a hot second. I don't know, man. She's about to like take off her shirt. Well, she puts her hand on his fucking chest and his fucking hair goes up. It looks like a goddamn mohawk. I was really mad because I wanted him to keep that look through the rest of the film. I'm like, he looks better! Keep it! <laughs> like he's got a mohawk. Yes. He's got boner feathers on his head. Like a cockatoo or some shit. Yeah, so Leah Thompson's like, just kidding. Good night. And then rolls, and then is about to roll over, and then fucking creepy ass Tim Robbins and Jeffrey Jones are like leering over this fucking curtain. Yeah, Jeffrey Jones comes in with some fucking kids. Oh, God. Not in that order, you know, that's what he was arrested for, but, uh... <laughs> Yeah, Jeffrey Jones, uh... It's a goddamn shame about Jeffrey Jones. Jeffrey Jones, who has now been, like, I guess, like... Ruined many a movie. And for the people that don't know at home, Jeffrey Jones, he was also the the principal in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. He was the dad in Beetlejuice. He, he A lot of bit parts. He typically would play, like, awkward characters in, like, real zany situations. Or people's dads. Like, he's, he's kind of good at that. Yeah. But he uh, he was arrested in the early 2000s for having, like, child pornography on his fucking computer and, like, soliciting a minor to take some, like, pictures. <laughs> Jesus. If, say, if you're doing a screening of Beetlejuice, there's no reason why you should put on your fucking sign, like, starring Michael Keaton, one other writer, and Jeffrey Jones. Right, right, exactly. And, and, and my whole point of bringing that up, one, is just for people that didn't know, and two is, like, he's actually probably the one character as this movie progresses that I actually kind of liked a lot, but the whole time I was watching it, I was like, oh, why did it have to be Jeffrey Jones? He's a good actor. No, he is, and that's the real... I, I mean, whatever, you know, look at, you know, look at, like, the Kevin Spaceys of the world. Like, you never know what, what no. you know, what goes on behind the curtain, man. Everybody's a fucking scumbag. <laughs> Jeffrey Jones goes 1,000% on a performance that I don't think anyone really needed him to in this movie. That kind of just gets better as the movie goes on. But no, I get it, where as soon as, like, a, someone like that walks into frame and maybe you weren't expecting them, your initial reaction is to go, ooh. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's a cringer. But, yeah, he does walk in. He's in there with Phil and this other dude, which I don't don't even know if he ever gets a name. Another one of the classmates. He's just guy with big hair. Yeah, guy with big hair. They come in, and they're just basically saying, you know, oh, this is the guy called about Howard's feather. He had the other one. Right, and it was a perfect match. It's it's funny because it kind of gives, it makes Phil seem less like a fucking wacko. Where it's like, look, I know smart friends. Well, yeah, yeah, or he's actually like scientifically oriented in a way where it's advantageous to the plot yeah <laughs> because because he's like yeah we we looked at the feathers and they're an exact match and you're you know this is how you got here and jeffrey jones is like we we fucking built the buchanan and fucking <laughs> shot a beam into space and it pulled you off your fucking couch and here you are literally i can't believe it's the same fucking thing it's the same thing ripping fucking holes in the fucking space-time continuum he wanted a weapon so i built him a weapon I don't, I don't know how it works. How, fuck you, that's how it works. <laughs> Bye! Um, but then they're like, uh, they're like, we have your feather, this is how you got here, come with us, we'll show you how it was done. Oh yeah, because Jeffrey Jones is like, ah, maybe we can send you back, but we have to go right now because the fucking planets are aligned or whatever. I feel like this is when a completely different movie just steps in and goes like, hi, uh, the movie we're watching is done now, and, uh, this is now a sci-fi horror film. They get to this facility, and... There's no guard, and Tim Robbins, like, the whole time is like, oh, I don't want to do this, and I want to send him home because I want to make money and fame off of the duck man. Ka-ching. Yeah, fuck his life, I guess. Yeah, fuck his life up, whatever. And the one dude's, like, driving with him. He's like, there's no guard. Just drive. And I'm thinking to myself, like, this is, like, a super high-tech facility with, like, this one-of-a-kind fucking space gun thing laser and there's no guards at the front there, there were guards but john hurt showed up with his fake mustache and glasses and said you don't can take the night off it's fine just leave go 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 with job job was there and fucking turned him into fucking marbles joe chased them off with bees <laughs> and then he turned he turned the the head of security into marbles and he's sitting there going <laughs> pierce brosnan's like i left you the key code card thing in there jeffrey jones enjoy but he's fucking drunk and doesn't know where he put it <laughs> And then he sees Beverly, he's like, can you be my family now, too? <laughs> Wife? Question mark? Jeffrey, I just want to make it clear that Jeffrey Jones has already left the apartment and has gone to the facility, right? And then the other scientists, Tim Robbins, Howard, and Leah Thompson are separately driving there in a van. So they go back to the lab, and the lab is, like, fucking in shambles. Yeah, there's fucking alarms going off and fucking explosions and shit. It's got a guy with, like, third-degree burns that, like, stumbles out. And he's like, he's like, my eyes! Yeah, he's like, we shouldn't have fucking... We shouldn't have tampered with the universe. Ah! And he runs away. Wait, 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 look, there were no stars. <laughs> Sam Neill's in the fucking background somewhere. Do you see? <laughs> Except this Pierce. He's like, sorry, Sam Neill's on vacation. Um, so they go inside, like, this big fucking, it's just, everything's all in pieces, and it's just falling apart. Um, and then they're like, uh, yeah, Dr. Jennings, he was here, and then we did the, the experiment, and there was an explosion, and then he was gone. Yeah, and the one dude's like, well, we brought Howard. What if we brought something else down this time? Ah, Jennings is Jeffrey Jones, by the way. So if we say Jeffrey Jones or Jennings, yeah, there you go. Uh, he's MIA. The cops show up. The cops show up, headed by the cop from CSI Las Vegas. With a full head of hair. Oh, no. Yeah, I recognized him in me. I can't remember his name. But he's from, yeah, he's from CSI, the main series, and was on there for, like, ugh, like 15 seasons. Yeah, the cops are there, and for some reason, the cops are in Cleveland are 
dicks. There's clearly some social commentary on the police in this film. Oh, God, yeah, because they are trigger-happy shitheads in this film. But, like, they, they, like, have Howard, like, immediately isolated and start questioning him without Beverly. Dude, they strip-search him. Well, yeah, this dude walks in and he's like, all right, get the man out of the duck suit. And these two dudes tackle Howard, much to his horror. Yeah, Kaminsky's in there. And he's like, strip yeah, Take his clothes off. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see that puppet naked. Sir, sir, I, I think he's a, I think he's an actual duck. Good Norm breaks to the floor and just says, grab my hand if you want to live. <laughs> <laughs> They're comparing dick sizes. Howard's like, hold on, I need to uh, retract mine. <laughs> It's cold in here. Howard's like, yours is straight? How fucking weird. <laughs> um, yeah, they strip search Howard, and, like, this is when Beverly, like, runs in and tries to stop everything. Yeah, they can't find... They're like, take that duck suit off him. And he's like, there's no zipper, Sarge. Well, you know, he goes, okay, arrest him. They're like, what's the charge? You didn't do anything wrong. He's like, uh, illegal alien. Ha ha! There was, like, a pause for effect, too. He's like, illegal alien. I'm like, I'm not laughing. Get it? Audience, get it? His hair was so distracting. I've never, I don't even know who the fuck this guy is. So. I'll, when I sh- I'll, send, I'll send a picture later on, and like, it's so jarring to see him with a full head of hair, and that's moving. Um, but yeah, and then he's like, arrest him for being an illegal alien, blah, blah, blah. Um, and somehow Beverly helps him escape. Well, yeah, because but they arrest him, and, he, and he's walking out, and this bumbling cop fucking, you know, I. They're walking, and the guy, he finds, like, a, a box of cigars. He's like, oh, a cigar. <laughs> and Howard's like, ah, here's a lit one already. And he, he fucking throws it in the garbage can. And the guy's like, ah. Oh, I don't need a fire on my hands. Ah. Yeah, so then he goes in to, to fucking pick it out, and then that's when Howard kicks over the trash can. Oh, that's right, and Beverly steals his gun. Yeah, exactly. And it's so funny, because she does, like, this deep voice thing here. She's like, she's like, freeze! And I, I, don't, I don't know, it just made me laugh so hard. It's because she, it's because Leah Thompson is having the fucking time of her life. And that's why I love her in this movie. Oh, she's having a blast. Cut to them hiding under like some, you know, nondescript fucking staircase. And then this cop comes and starts dropping these fucking zinger threats. It's like, oh man, he's like this, this, this duck is armed. And he takes a gun and throws it in a fucking bucket. Yeah. He's like, he's dangerous. And he's like, I am. And he's like, we have to shoot to kill. Yeah. <laughs> I had fucking flashbacks to Cybo, man. Oh. Starting to tear up a little. That poor monkey. So they find Jennings under like a pile of shit. Who's, and he's already acting weird. Yeah, he's like, oh, fucking everything blew up. He's like, I don't know what happened. This, this spectroscope malfunctioned. I'm, I'm going to get arrested. I've been doing unauthorized experiments and fucking things I shouldn't be doing on my computer. Well, he's like grabbing his head. It's like red as a fucking tomato. And he's sitting there saying, please delete my search history. <laughs> Don't look in my basement. Clean my hard drives. Burn my laptops. And fucking Leah Thompson and Howard the Duck are looking at him like, come again? What'd you say? What? Nothing. There's something wrong with this guy. The spectrometer. Uh, he exploded. But yeah, he, he he's grabbing his head. He's freaking out. But uh, they're like, oh, you got a car? He's like, oh, yeah. He's like, we, we can go out the back. And they uh, they escape. And they're in his his fucking car, and they're driving away. And the whole time I'm sitting there thinking, why isn't Leah Thompson driving? I don't know. Yeah, he looks like toasted shit. And they're just like, yeah, you good drive. <laughs> well, it's his car. Nobody drives a Rolls Royce, but a Rolls man. No, it's a fucking station wagon. And he's like, <laughs> and he's like turning into a fucking dark overlord from the inside out. I kind of love this transformation because he's fucking aware of it the entire time. It's almost like it's. It's like if Wilford Brimley narrated his transformation into the thing. <laughs> He's like, well, 
my internal organs are being replaced right now. See, that's that's not Wilford. That's that's not dog. That's 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 a replica. That's a copy. It's a duplicate. My organs are being duplicated right now. <laughs> I've been assimilated. <laughs> I'm no longer Brimley. I'm a copy of Brimley. I mean, I mean, what? I'm not an alien. You can take me. Let me inside. But you've got to add that additional wrinkle of Wilford Brimley doing all this while driving a car, while grabbing his chest in pain. Oh man, he's he's getting fucking straight Eggered, man. It's a fucking Jeffrey Jones suit at this point. He's like, my internal organs are being consumed and duplicated. And at some point, he goes, "I'm dead." <laughs> Basically, yeah. He just vocalizes. He goes, "Well, I'm dead." And then he's like, "Ah." I am now a dark overlord. I'm- there is no Jeffrey, only Zool. Yeah, I guess this region of space is actually kind of pulled from the comic. The Summonus region? In the comic, he is abducted from his home planet and dropped in Florida by the demon lord Thog the Neverspawn, overmaster of the Summonus the, Dar- the Dark Domain. Yeah, that's what it's called, Summonus. They call it the Nexus of Summonus. Yeah, the Nexus of Summonus. So when I saw that, I was like, I can't believe like that was one of the details you decided to preserve. Well, they stuck, they stuck pretty close to the books, apparently. Honestly, I kind of wish this was just the whole film. Yeah. Because the whole opening stretch I could have done without most of it because this is kind of when I was like I'm hating this less and less as this develops well it's the getting to know you bullshit and I guess that's why that's what that's what Willard and Glory were talking about they were like yeah we didn't even want to like show all of that we just wanted to go like right to earth you know what I mean um and then Jeffrey Jones performance the rest of the film is just him slowly turning into a Ghostbusters villain (laughs) he looks like the library ghost at one point he looks like Yanosh at some point (laughs) There's some Vigo shit going on. But then at some point, he just turns into fucking Dr. Wily. (laughs) (laughs) Like, Dr. Wily meets Eggman, like, no kidding. Jeffrey Jones drives all over the fucking street, almost crashing into, you know, oncoming traffic, into trees, into fucking signs. And they, uh, they, they, they barely stop, you know, press on the brakes as they come up to this fucking restaurant. Joe Roma's Cajun Sushi. Cajun Sushi. (laughs) And, like, sushi is, is, like... Like, there's an old sign, and Sushi has been crudely covering the other part of the sign. <laughs> Howard and Howard and Leah Thompson are like, what What the fuck? Are you all right? And he's like, the transformation's complete. I'm now a dark overlord inside Jeffrey Jones, but I've been here the whole time. Yeah, that's, that's you know, that's the real twist. Yeah. And then they just go inside and get food. <laughs> they sure do. And this is kind of a long stretch that is filled with some kind of cool effects, with Jeffrey Jones's character becoming a dark overlord of the whatever the fuck. Yeah, and how like these these dark overlords exist in the Nexus of Sominus and how they're you know, that's where the demons reside, and then they were like banished there or some shit. Right. And this fucking ray has like this the the the, the spectrometer spectrometer fucking thing has brought them to Earth and like finally freed them and now he has to like bring the rest of these dark overlords to Earth to fucking destroy it. Right, but they also need, like, a human host to grow out of. Right. So what you're saying is that comic book movies have been doing the same bullshit, fire the shiny thing into the sky climax for 30 years? Forever. (laughs) You want to know why? Because in the comic books, it's the same fucking thing. He has this little thing called a code key that, you know, has basically the coordinates to this dimension that he's going to then, you know, when he inserts it into the Buchanan, it's going to, you know, summon these other guys like Joe is referring to. Mid-conversation, this this uh, gaggle of rednecks come up to the, the table and just start harassing 
the the group as a whole. Like straight up, dude. You get the, the one guy takes the code key, pockets it because Howard and uh, you know Jennings, Demon Jennings, whatever whatever you want to call him, are having an argument about this code key because you know Howard's like, oh, I gotta get sent home. I don't care about these demons coming in. And uh, this redneck pockets it, and they basically this whole group of like twenty some people just takes Howard and fucking just brings him to the kitchen and and starts preparing him. They pour seasoning on him. He's still alive. First they think he's like a ventriloquist dummy and like Jeffrey Jones is like making him talk and then they go right from that to like oh this fucking duck's bad mouthing me let's kill him and eat him yeah and I'm like wait a second you fully believe this is a walking talking duck and you're just gonna you're just gonna lay him on a table and like just throw seasoning on him and start cutting off pieces and just eating them like what is your process here what if it was a person in a suit what if you all get salmonella space salmonella or that too yeah but they don't even think twice about it they're just like yep put him on the fucking chopping block gonna eat this duck's dick off tie him down and get a cleaver the sushi chef from the back he's got the meat cleaver like right to his neck just about so then jeffrey jones goes full fucking palpatine oh my god he goes like okay like every time he his eyes lit up for this fucking whatever the fuck he does he looked like Yanos from Ghostbusters 2 after he goes to Dana's apartment. Yeah, with the fucking eye lights. All these effects are fucking beautiful. Yeah, they're really awesome. It's like a mix of practical with the composite. Yeah, because like as minutes go by, like Jennings is looking just worse for wear. Um, like his fingers are growing, his hair is receding, his skull is like popping out, it's like getting all kind of big. Um, his skin is all discolored, but um, it um he shoots these be- these energy beams out of his hands, but it's like lightning. But it's also it's a mixture of different effects, and like I'm keep going to the Ghostbusters well because this is gonna be very easy to visualize. Like when they blow up the fuck, or when they when they open the um the containment unit. Yes, that's what it looks like. And that shit flies out of the fucking sky. That's what it looks like. Yeah, like out of his fingers, though. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes, it looks it looks awesome every single time he does it. And they don't shortchange you either. When it happens, it happens no. furiously and a lot. So he starts throwing fucking motherfuckers left and right because Howard's like, oh, they got the key card. Help me. And he's like, okay, I'm going to get the fucking key card. Yeah, leave the, uh, the short foul bird alone. And he fucking starts throwing motherfuckers and blowing shit up he fucking cleans shop he's throwing guys around in and out of windows and then you know beverly and howard try to sneak out in the chaos and he he fucking hears them immediately and they're just like "Ooh, i didn't think you saw us in this empty room Mm." he's fucking palpatine he like forces he like uses the force to like throw a bunch of fucking tables and shit in front of the door yeah and the way they did that was they had like a rotating room like in like they did with um nightmare on elm street and they had a bunch of practical shit and they tilted the fucking room with the camera like on the platform and all the shit falls into the door whoa it's so fucking cool like the way that they did that and then he basically force chokes howard and he's like Give me the key card, Howard. And then he takes the key card and kidnaps Beverly for reasons? Well, we find out why, and because I, I wrote the same thing down, and then they explain it. But he takes a fucking tip from Rumpelstiltskin, because he fucking jumps right in that Mack truck. Yeah, he does. Yeah, my kind of world just starts fucking playing on the radio. But except he doesn't give us a good old fuck it, fucketh me. I'm a fucking dark overlord, fucketh me. Well, you know, I don't I don't think he holds that information back for long, because he pretty much says in the next scene to Beverly, he's like, listen, uh, I, 
I need you because when I bring my brothers and sisters from this dimension, they need host bodies, and you're going to be one. Yeah, I mean, fuck it. Why not, right? So Howard comes to, and he's a little too late, um, and as he's, uh, I think as he escapes, the cops show up, right? There's a short scene that establishes that, like, these dark overlord things, like, feed on, like, electrical power? Yes. Because he's, like, driving, they're, like, driving in the Mack truck, him and Leah Thompson, and he's, like, fading. He's, like, he's, like, I'm going to fall asleep because I... I need energy. I love that he just says what's happening to him. Yeah. And he fucking leans over on the wheel and they're like about to crash and he fucking like opens his mouth and this fucking like tentacle thing comes out and sticks itself into the, the lighter socket. This got full men in black. Like, real fucking fast. Oh, yeah. Howard uh, escapes the diner, but there's, like, cops everywhere. And when the cops are there, Phil has been arrested, right? Yeah, Phil's been arrested, and he's, like, in the patrol car. He was arrested at at the other, at, at the fucking facility. Yeah. And now he's just, like, in the cruiser that has showed up at the diner. A lot of the humor I hate in this movie, for some reason, this visual gag really fucking got me. It's when he's sitting there and he's like, you hear, Phil, and Howard is blending into an Easter display. Yeah. <laughs> and no one sees him. This part killed me because I agree, Connor. This part was hilarious. And you go from this to one of the biggest plot holy fucking things in this whole movie. Uh, Howard and Phil are like literally across the street from this diner. And, they, and, and Phil's like, hey, look, this guy's got like an airplane as like a weekend hobby. We can just finish it and fly out of here. He's like, first Howard's like, let's steal a cop car. And he's like, nah, too conspicuous. And he's like, well, let's get a cab or another car. And he's like, nah. And he, then they're like, how about this fucking plane that's in pieces that we have to build in an hour? Yeah, as the sun's coming up. Yeah, because he's like, it's just about to be sunrise. I'm like, it's kind of important for this whole stretch of information because when the cops realize this, they go, we found them. They're next door. I'm like, how fucking stupid are all of you police officers that the fact that the people you've been looking for are on the property? It was dark out. They couldn't see. <laughs> you couldn't see the, the, the amorphous duck and Tim Robbins building a flying machine? <laughs> So it's daytime, and, like, Jennings needs more power, so he, like, sees a nuclear power plant in the distance, and he's like, here we go. Power. <laughs> Literally unlimited power. Like, well, you go, you go back to Phil and Howard, and, you know, like like Connor was saying, the cops are, like, closing in on them fast. Now, all of a sudden, after six hours of uh, just nothing, they finish building this plane at the last possible second, and they take off. And it takes them, like, a solid minute to get off the ground. Believable. Yeah, and they, they're, like, driving around. And, like, why the fuck is Howard piloting this? Like, obviously, Tim Robbins' character knows how to drive the plane. <sighs> you know, maybe one of his many odd jobs that he didn't mention in the beginning of the film was, a, you know, a pilot's license. He has no idea how to fly this plane. He's like, that's why God took away our wings, because we're not supposed to fly. Uh. And I'm like, you don't have airplanes on Duck World? They just don't fly, period. Unfortunately, this kind of needs to be abridged. It's too fucking long, dude. This is like a 10 fucking minute long stretch of just like flying machine hijinks. It's like the Dukes of Hazard. This is also the point in the film where like, I know we said the cops basically declared, you know, shoot to kill, but they are literally bringing out every weapon they have in the police department. Dude, they're shooting at like, there's no reason to shoot like Phil to death no but they're they're just firing fucking shotguns on this plane <laughs> yeah and like they're 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 happy to blast in the middle of like uh, like areas full of civilians and just like just trash cars oh yeah and it's not okay it's not a it's not a mini plane 
by any stretch. Picture like a go-kart with wings on it, and that's what this is. It's that shit that Anna Paquin flew in Fly Away Home to take her fucking geese south, okay? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Jeff Daniels is up there with him like, come on, go, go south, you fucker. You know, they're flying through the air getting shotgun shells pumped at him. And, you know, at one point, they the motor gets shot, and, uh, you know, Phil's up there trying to fix it, and, you know, eventually Howard kind of gets good at controlling this thing, and right as Phil fixes it, he does a fucking uh, a loop-de-loop, and Phil's fucking hanging from the bottom of the damn plane. He's fucking, he's fucking getting waterboarded, like... Yeah, because they're going over, like, a lake. Yeah, and the callback to earlier is after uh, they initially get away from the first batch of police officers, like, it just cuts to a bunch of duck hunters out in the wilderness... And then Howard essentially terrorizes them with his flying machine. <laughs> so then we cut back to, like, Jennings and Leah Thompson, like, in the fucking uh, Mack truck, like, waiting at, like, a checkpoint for emissions or some shit. Jennings, like, wants to go, so he's, like, fucking ramming these cars. And, and uh, the one cop's talking to the, the first guy in line. He's like, hey, turn your fucking engine off, buddy. He's like, it wasn't me. I got bumped from behind. I have whiplash. <laughs> I'm showing the cop runs over back to the fucking uh, uh, the Mack truck and he's and he's like he's like hey buddy he's like turn off your engine Jack and he's like my name is not Jack and then he fucking shoots him with his fucking finger laser and fries this dude well because right before that you know there's that scene where Jeffrey Jones goes into this power plant and uh, he he even though he like breaks through the front entrance with the Mack truck and has Leah Thompson tied up in the Mack truck he's just like walking around getting like a fucking tour he has a fucking hard hat on and is among a tour group oh yeah it says visitor on his back and yeah and he's like mm. and the guy's like and this fucking power plant puts out one trillion volts of whatever and he's like mm, one trillion volts and he's like yeah how about we all get some coffee or something meanwhile he goes and just like literally goes into like the place where all the power is kept and just like walks in he, he literally opens a containment union yeah he walks directly into a nuclear reactor the power plant has all the alarms going off it's like a nuclear meltdown and they all come rushing in the hazmat suits and they walk in and it's like oh shit all it's all gone like all the energy is gone yeah it's all gone there's a big fucking hole in the wall and like he's back in the truck and he's yeah he's looking more wily-esque at this point we, we go to him blowing all these fucking cars up at this police checkpoint to howard and uh, phil basically you know now after the the engine's been fixed they're still kind of at a low altitude but they're kind of going through this town and uh, you know Howard's pulling on the fucking you know the gear shift or what have you, and and trying to get it off the ground, and eventually a fucking train's coming. And they make the luckiest shot of all time when they drive the. Uh... Honestly, I feel like this would just hit the train and then just disintegrate, or like turn, like it would hit it and like get caught and like it would spin and they'd fucking get run over by the train or something and then fucking howard would get ground up into fucking feathers and gore yep pretty much and tim robbins (laughs) feels like my money (laughs) it's this is this is it this is the 11 year culmination come on guys it's endgame (laughs) 20 films yeah so as we as we're alluding to there's like basically this one cart on the fucking train that has like an open spot in it like a window essentially and they fucking somehow fly right through it no problem yeah but now they're not airborne anymore now there's a go-kart uh and then i guess like they're about to arrive at this lab so so jennings is back there and he's making all the preparations because he's gonna bring the fucking dark overlord down into fucking he's calling cthulhu dude this is some fucking doom shit man oh i know this is the part where you know as 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 jennings is trying to basically 
basically caused the apocalypse by calling in these other demons. You have outside the silliest shit scene where uh, Howard crashes this fucking airplane into a fountain and it looks fake as fuck. <laughs> There's legs that are bending in ways that they shouldn't, like all kinds of flight places. Um, Both Phil and Howard in that, in that regard. They crawl out of the water and then, you know, Phil's like... Oh, you know, I'll take it. I'll take it to the weapons fucking uh, armory. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's a confusing thing because they walk up to this 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 room where Phil's like, "There's something here to totally help us." Is like, "Oh, it's locked." Oh, the access code. And then Howard Roundhouse kicks the door open. He's a master of quack foo, man. Fucking kicks that shit right open. I didn't know he was that strong. And then like they go in there and like the there's this fucking like BFG for all intents and purposes. That is stuck behind a cabinet, uh, or, a, or a cage. With, like, a big Acme lock on it. And so, like, they're kind of cutting back and forth between, like, uh, between Jenning being like, yeah, <laughs> Basically, yeah, they're coming. Yeah, he's got Beverly tied down. So, yeah, they get, they eventually get this lock off the fucking door, and they strap it to a fucking, like, what is it, like a golf cart or a maintenance cart? It's like the thing in Austin Powers, man. Looks like a goddamn Zamboni to me. Like, <laughs> fucking Zamboni! They're literally driving a Zamboni around the rest of the film with this fucking Gatling laser gun on it. It's, like, just crudely attached to the side of it. But it's proportional for Howard only? Yeah, it looks like a turret. <laughs> Well, you know, and somehow it has a fucking uh, Jeopardy clicker attached to it so that Howard can grab it from the front. <laughs> yeah, very true. But uh, I guess they could have set it up or, like, rig it, and, like, somehow they put it into, like, I don't know, like, autopilot, and it just starts fucking driving around this fucking laboratory area, like, just crashing into shit. Yeah, they don't they don't answer in the form of a question, and they press the wrong fucking button, and this <laughs> thing just fucking goes flying around the fucking lab. Alex Trebek comes out from a corner and just shoots fucking Phil in the head with a magnum. <laughs> Howard gets back on this fucking thing, and Jenning kind of is like, let's dance, or something. And then he fucking, he fucking force lightnings Tim Robbins, and he, like, holds up a fucking satellite dish, and, like, deflects it, yeah. but still gets his ass burned? This thing was blowing cars up minutes ago. You're telling me some fucking random-ass satellite dish is going to deflect this guy's ex- electric attack? Adamantium. That's what it's made out of. It's made of vibranium. His nuclear attack. Let me rephrase that. <laughs> the guy absorbed a fucking nuclear power plant. A vibranium satellite dish. The most versatile substance in the world, and you made a frisbee. You made a satellite dish that reflects dark overlord shit. It reflects someone's fucking limit break. <laughs> I mean, I mean, to be fair, it does, you know, Phil's in the corner with his fucking hair all stand, his hair's all standing up and shit, and he's, like, burnt out, literally. I kind of like that, because he's like, sure, Howard, wherever you want, do what you want, and just passes out. Or he's like, uh, why don't you try the seatbelt? <laughs> passes out. And then Howard kind of gets to this fucking thing. This is when I, this is the moment where I was like, okay, I don't hate this. They have a fucking beam struggle. Oh, they do. They sure do. <laughs> like out of Dragon Ball. Yeah, they kind of do. Kind of being the key word there. This is somehow better than Dragon Ball Evolution's beam struggle. Yeah, that's a very low bar. <laughs> <laughs> like so low an infant could crawl over it, but okay. It looked like it, where it didn't look like two blasts of freshy mint air just kind of colliding with each other. It totally looks like two positron colliders fucking crossing the streams here. It looks like Howard's beam is like overtaking uh like fucking Jennings' little like force lightning. And then just this explosion and you can't see anybody. Jennings is gone. I look for Howard and he's fine. He's kind of under some debris. And he's Oh no, he's not under some debris yet. He's kind of like, he walks out from behind the Zambo and he's like holding his head. He's like, you did it, Howard. And then uh, him and Phil go to get Beverly. And then you hear some noise, and then uh, uh, Mikey from Men in Black pops out from the fucking rubble. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, Jennings is on the side, and he's like, and he's like, he's like, oh, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm back to normal now, but the evil's still here. This confused the fuck out of me because I was like, didn't that thing consume your organs and then kill you? Yeah, and it's also one of those things where it's like your your body was exposed to radiation, like. Technically, all of your organic tissue should be, like, melting off of you, and then, like... Jennings should be a fucking puddle. Yeah, man. It sh- he should go full fucking Edgar and fucking rip off that Edgar suit, and then there he is. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so he's there, and he's, like, he's, like, he's again, doing anime speak, he's, like, Oh, the evil is outside of me. I must have purged my body. Oh. Um, yeah, and then, like, the fucking Dark Lord, the over the Overlord f- final form pops out of the fucking floor. Yeah, man. And it's one of the most beautifully rendered and animated practical effects i've ever laid eyes on it you have the master if ray harryhausen was the master right so there's three there's three there's ray for for me there's ray harryhausen the kyoto brothers and phil tippett this puppet is fucking you know phil tippett is bringing us this puppet and he's fucking one of the best stop motion animators and like creature creators this had some of the most like seamless stop motion animation i've ever seen because this puppet moved and didn't look like any frames were missing there was no choppiness like every part of it moved it was crazy articulate and it looked like it fit right there on screen oh it's gorgeous it's gorgeous and then combined with that it's still doing its fucking eye laser force lightning bullshit thing this thing kind of looks like if like monster in the closet like fucked a scorpion it looks like mikey from men in black that whole front face looks like monster in the closet though it, it's like a literal resident evil boss pretty much it is it's, it's so fucking big so then howard like finally fucking puts a superhero uh, shoes on and uh this thing like paralyzes beverly and uh phil with like more of his weird force lightning yeah with like some extra staticky effects to it he vigos him uh, but and then it also has these fucking tentacles pop out of its lobster claws that also look great and it's like reaching across the room pressing buttons with one and grabbing howard the other one and then jennick throws him a fucking bone saw or something yeah and howard grabs it and he goes slice salami and he fucking cuts this thing's tentacle but not before um it initiates the laser so now in t-minus four minutes we're gonna have some more fucking dark overlords hanging out at the party yeah who will then run in space yeah howard is um he gets away from this uh this tentacle thing and he gets back on the samboni basically uh, and then they have, like, they, they have one more climactic showdown where, like, Howard drives this thing. And this whole time, this big fucking monster's going, Howard! <laughs> yeah. Howard! He fucking runs over this thing's tail. Yeah, he, run, he drives between his legs, runs over his tail, spins around, and fires this, like, BFG thing right into his face. And then another beautiful practical effect mixed with some, like, digital nonsense. Like, he starts to explode from the inside. And like these these purple lights that are blasting out from behind him, um, and all kind like and and from his eyes, his mouth, and everything, and then he fucking he, he explodes. It's beautiful looking. He, he frees Beverly and Phil, but then they're kind of like uh, <clears throat> monsters. Yeah. So the Zoa Overlord is dead, and <laughs> they're like, "Yo, you gotta fucking you either blow the machine or or the fucking things are gonna come." And Howard's like, "But wait, if I blow the machine, I can't get home." And they're like, "Well, yeah, who gives a shit? Fucking shoot the machine." And then um. Lee Thompson's like, but you gotta go home, Howard, or whatever, and, and let's just play that scenario out real quick. Like, he doesn't blow the th- the laser, right? 
and there's three more of these fucking things coming down the pipe. Just shoot them. You think so? Yeah, just took one out with one fucking bullet. Yeah, I guess. I guess you're right. Just let the three of them come through, and even if you fuck up, just leave and let the army take care of it. They're not as strong as they act like they are. Yeah, but they are pretty fucking nasty, though. I mean, you know what? Well, you know, we're getting real hypothetical here with Howard the Duck of all things, but... I know, but, like, he, they can be real OP if they want. I, the thought crossed my mind, too, because it's like he blows this thing up, spoilers, and is like, <laughs> I gave up my fucking chance home, but I saved the earth. And I'm sitting there thinking, motherfucker, if you just let them come through, they either would have had no host to go into, or if, let's just say for the sake of argument, they came through as is, just line up that laser and shoot them each once, and you won. And you get to go home. Yeah, but then we're robbed of another cool practical effect shot where he shoots this fucking spectrometer and it blows up like the fucking Death Star. Oh my god, the whole thing goes up. Boom, 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 boom. Like ex- There is no CG. It just explodes. ILM, classic Star Wars, pre-special edition, like, looks like a bunch of battleship sets blowing up, like... Real explosion, and it's gorgeous. This fucking kit-bashed giant fucking thing beautifully explodes. Now, Howard's dead. (laughs) (laughs) Like, everybody in this place is dead. This explosion is so big. This is huge. And they're, like, 20 feet away from it. Oh, yeah, and Howard's holding the fucking, the the proverbial fork into the socket. (laughs) Pretty much. But but everyone's fine, of course. It's a film, and you're, everyone's, everyone's much stronger against explosions. The only one who isn't fine is John Buchanan, who just watched his life's work go to fucking shit. (laughs) I guess I have to go back in time and do it again. This is his flashpoint? No, this is his fucking, this is his uh, vision moment. Howard is Scarlet Witch, and the fucking Buchanan is vision. And Howard had to blow it up to save everybody, but guess what? He's going back in time, fixing that shit. He's gonna take fucking Daniel Baldwin and just, like, you know, turn him around. He just winds things back and forth. (laughs) Puts the thing back in his leg. Daniel Baldwin's like, what are you doing? Shut up. Behave like the Infinity Stone that you are, okay? (laughs) It's inside him. You just take this thing out of me? No. Here's, here's some whiskey and a and a combat knife. Let's get that out of you. Anyway, um, so yeah, so they like they, the explosion happens and like they go to save Howard and he's like fucking unconscious, but he does wake up and he goes, "I'm not Howard." Blah, and Phil like passes out. But it's just a goof. He's like, "Gotcha." And then slam cut to more cherry bomb music. Yeah. Except now they're playing a full fucking crowd, Connor, because they actually have a good manager now. Yes. Oh man, yeah. A duck from outer space wearing a suit they're playing like madison square garden and they're playing the title theme to the movie i i didn't even hate this song even though it's a fucking howard the duck song dude it's written by thomas doby and george clinton so there you go phil is now they're their, like lights dude um and howard's off the side and like they have some kind of weird hijinks where uh it, phil pulls the wrong lever you know, he's like he's like howard pull that rope for me and he's like this one he's like no not that one and it like this platform like pulls him up into like the rafters and then like drops him in the middle of the stage. And it seems like an accident, but then Phil has a little guitar for him right away and just puts it around his neck. <laughs> <laughs> and then they just fucking and then he starts going fucking Marty McFly all over the stage. Yeah, but he's playing like kazoo rock. <laughs> 
this was the scene that I was sitting there watching. Like, how did Leah Thompson just go with this? Was she just like at this point? Well, you know, we're almost done with this movie. I guess I'll just roll with it. Like, this has nothing to do with Back to the Future, I guess. She plays a fucking guitar duo with a duet with Howard the Duck, who's like, she has a regular guitar and he has this little guitar, and I, it sounds like a fucking kazoo. It sounds like a like a, a little whistle. Apparently, they had a ton of fun doing this. Like, this was like a big, 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 big scene that they shot. I believe it, and they had a they had a blast, you know. Uh, and they're singing Howard the Duck, blah blah blah. Um, and then uh, I believe it ends on a freeze frame of uh, of him holding his fucking guitar. No, it, it like the credits start playing over the the song. And they're still fucking jamming out. And then, like, the song's over. And they, like, go backstage. And then Howard's just like, not bad for a duck from out of space, huh? And then cut to black. And then I said, thank God that this fucking movie's over. Because it felt like a year and a day. Oh, my God. Okay, like, right off the gate, right of the gate, like, my biggest problem this fucking movie. and Which is which is basically what broke me and drove me to kind of hate it altogether is the runtime. Yeah, I, I can see that. Where are we putting this, fellas? I'm putting this right in the dumpster. You know what? Uh, I, I As much as I'm talking about how I didn't like this film, I didn't hate it. Um, I really like the stuff where you have this uh, demonic force, essentially, taking over the body of this character because, you know, basically... You know, we, we were kind of too big for our britches, and we were looking into space to try to find something, and we found something that we didn't necessarily anticipate. Um, and, and I kind of like this whole idea of, like, this uh, scientist character then basically going off the rails and, and creating all this chaos. And, uh, you know, the, the effects look good. The monster at the end looks good. But, you know, there's only so many good things I can say before I get to the plot and the other characters of this film. And, uh, you know, I, I actually don't hate Howard. I think he's pretty funny in some scenes. But overall, I just thought the plot of the film was just, like, shaky as shit. And, uh, you know, it's, for me, it's probably surface-level dumpster. Uh, I'm probably not going to watch it again, but I'm also not, like, so against the film that it's, like, in the sludge area at the bottom where all the other, you know, shit-stained films we've watched are, are living. It's, 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 a, it's a dumpster movie, but it's a uh, casual tossin with my uh, copy of Play Duck. You know, they kind of go in there together. <laughs> stuck together oh this is also a dumpster movie for me um this is going this is going a little further the dumpster than sean's because like i agree in all counts for why i like this why he liked this movie but i found howard to be fucking detestable at times i found him to be a little annoying and like i didn't need his temporary quest for a day job that entire plot could be excised and i'd be okay with it i would have much rather taken a movie where howard gets to earth and the entire plot is centered around a fucking human duck fighting Cthulhu. Right, well, yeah, obviously. I would have taken that movie at an hour and 30 minutes than this movie at an hour and 50 any fucking day of the week or even an hour and 20. Um, Leah Thompson was fantastic. Um, I liked some of the bits of the score. I liked some of the soundtrack. Like I said, the special effects of this movie, like outside of some of the stuff with Howard that's more jarring, is really impressive. And there's some people like Leah Thompson and um, and uh, Tim Robbins who are having a fucking blast. Um, and it's Tim Robbins like you've probably never seen him before. He's coked out of his mind, um, hypothetically speaking. All that said, like, I kind of wanted to like this movie and I kind of end up hating it mostly. So, yeah, it's like a gentle 
push in the dumpster, please never have me watch this again kind of thing. Um, This is a shelf movie for me. Yeah, we knew. <laughs> <laughs> for a couple reasons. For a nostalgic reason, this movie this movie's like a warm blanket for me. Like, um, I've, I used to watch this all the time. Uh, with my mom especially like as a kid so it's kind of got like sentimental value but also i just think it's a good film like straight up like i enjoy it it's it's not the it's not the greatest thing in the world but you know it's got some great effects uh I, leah thompson's great in it uh and she's so babin like i you know when i first saw it i fell in love with her and i was like oh my god this is amazing um and you got tim robbins fucking chewing up the scenery everywhere you got fucking phil Tippett. you, you know it's got all the staples that i want it, it you know it's aggressively 80s it's got it's got stop motion it's got uh classic uh composite effects like we're coming hot off a of star or return of the jedi so we have all fucking ilm shit we got phil tippett sh- shit it's just kind of a weird spectacle for me and like the people that made this film really really put a lot of effort into making it and it might you know it, it might not it might not hit home completely it's totally soggy around the midsection and it could totally stand to be clipped a little bit but i feel like overall this film is a labor of love and a lot of it is really impressive and if you can get past the the common census of you know uh, i was reading that this this is one of the worst films of all time and it's like Do you fucking people even watch movies? Like, this is far from the worst film ever. No, God, no. And I I kept reading that in places. Like, I was expecting something much worse. Um, and, like, this is not Manos. No, not even close. This is not the final, this is not the final sacrifice. This is not Troll 2. This isn't even fucking Devilfish. No. This isn't Home Sweet Home or House of the Dead, for God's sakes. It's, like, yeah, I'm sorry, there are some contemporary movies that, in the last two decades, like, decade and a half, that are just appallingly irredeemable and nearly unwatchable. Yep, you know, Blair Witch 2 comes to mind. And aggressively boring. Truly, truly boring bad movies and like like this just didn't sit well with me but like calling it one of the worst movies ever made no there's a lot of great ideas here there's a lot of great concepts here and and sometimes it's pulled off and sometimes it's not i mean it, you know that's just the nature of the time constraints and the and the and the uh input from the studio and all kinds of shit like that there's a lot of factors here but i feel like overall they made they made a fine film, you know. There's, there's really, you know, it's got its problems, but what, what doesn't have its problems? You know what I mean? Here's the way I look at that kind of thing, though. You know, there's obviously gonna always be a consensus on a film or, you know, a book or a movie or any, any kind of media that someone's putting out there and, and expecting some kind of reaction to. And you know, I, you know, sometimes, yeah, you know, you go with the, the consensus if, if you're, if you're not totally sold on something. But like at the end of the day. Like, until I'm going to watch or consume that thing for myself, like, I always have in the back of my mind, like, yeah, I've heard this is a piece of shit, but, you know, I don't know it's a piece of shit, and, you know, after watching this film, I don't think it's a piece of shit, but it's definitely not, like, it's it's definitely not the worst movie I ever saw, but it's definitely not the best movie I ever saw, but, you know, that's just my opinion. Sure. It's, it's art. It's subjective. No, I think the reputation this movie has developed is maybe a little unearned, and maybe sh- as a culture we should probably reassess where it lies well i think i think it gets a lot more love now than it did yeah i would hope so obviously i mean it, it, it's it's full-on cult status at this point it's got a again like it's got a lot of good ideas and it's executed fine 
I think it's fine. It's 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 imaginative and wacky and fucking out there and and it is totally a good time. So that's it. That's Howard the Duck from 1986, directed by Willard Hayek. Hey everybody! If you want some more bad movie goodness, you can check us out at moviedumpsterpodcast.com. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, or Podbean, and make sure to leave us a five star review if you dig the show because it helps us get out of the bottom of the dumpster into more eardrums. Yeah, and if you're on the social medias, you can follow us at movie dumpster on instagram facebook and twitter i'm joel escola i'm sean o'rourke i'm connor mcgraw thanks for visiting the dumpster you are about to witness the end of the old world and the birth of the new hey is he like one of those tv evangelists or something or something i'm gonna kill somebody (laughs) 